Good morning, church family. How are all of you today? Great. I hear a great back here behind me. Richard's always great. It is a blessing to be able to come to God. His children come together. He's invited each one of us here to be here. I just want to welcome you and welcome those who are online, for you are God's children as well. And this morning we have an opportunity to hear an awesome message from Pastor Larissa, and we are looking forward to that. There are things that are taking place in our church that I just want to remind you of, but first I want to thank you for those of you who are here who take the connection card and you fill them out and you drop them in the towers as you leave the church or the foyer and uh, make comments and prayer requests. Those are valuable. It's important for us as a church to be able to know who to pray for and the issues to pray for. And uh, we are blessed when we know that you're here and that you provide for that. Also, too, you have the opportunity to put your offering in the towers as well and your tithe. And we thank you for that. Those of you who are online, if you'd like to make your comments and prayer requests, myrichlandchurch.org um, is the place to go. And you can also do your um, offering online as well. I know the women are pretty excited. They already filled out one sheet already of over 20 ladies. And that is coming up here for um, November 5th with uh, the simulcast for Priscilla Shires. Um, most of you may be familiar with her. She's been in movies, quite a Christian woman, very enthusiastic, a great motivational speaker. And uh, you can find out information about that, but that's even on the uh, website as well. Plus also, too, something that we are really excited about as a church, and that is helping our kids across the street with the Jason Lee School. We have been connected with them going on 11 years now. And we have a tutoring program. And boy, the kids have been blessed. We have been blessed. Ruth Harms is the one who is coordinating that. You'll see a flyer in your bulletin. I will ask that you please take note of that. We are in need of tutors to be able to let the school know how many students that we can receive. We will be tutoring on Tuesdays and Thursdays. She would like to be able to know as many people as possible so that we can get this ball started. But I believe the Lord is allowing us to uh, act at this point to make it work. The kids get excited. They look forward to it. And they themselves are blessed, and I know that we are as well. In the past, we have postponed a few things, but not this time. Men's breakfast next Sunday morning, the 31st at 930 Please come. We will be having our regular breakfast of pancakes and fellowship. And I'm sure when you come, you'll be blessed by the message, the prayers, the singing that the gentlemen of this church come together and provide. And God is present there with us, and it is a blessing. So 930 on the 31st next week. Again, too, look through your bulletin. Look at the things that need to be aware of. Church board is taking place this Monday night if you are interested. But um, this is still a pretty active church in COVID. God's not going to shut us down, is he? No, he's not. He's trying. He's trying his best to shut us down and not to be able to continue to do the ministries and to touch the, co the connections with people in our community and connections that we have in store together. 
So this morning, I'm going to pass the baton here off to Miss Keeney as she has something for our children. All right, guys. Guess what time it is? It is time to come up for a special presentation. And this mom bag is pretty full today. I got something in here for all the kids that come on up. So come on up, kids. Today, I'll put this right here. Oh, look at, they're all coming. So you're going to sit down here and face me. Got to face me so, I, so you can watch. So today we're going to talk about kindness. What does kindness mean? Does somebody know what kindness is? Um, it means that you should respect. Okay, so you're respectful, but what what else does kindness mean? Like um, being nice to someone. Being nice to someone. Being trustful. Being trustful. Being good for your mom. That's very kind when you're good for your mom. I totally agree with that one. So sometimes there... Go ahead, John. Sean, Sean's helping me with a couple of things here. So today, I thought it would be a really good idea if we did a little bit of practice. Do you think we can practice being kind? Because the thing is, the more you practice something, is it, doesn't it get better? Yeah, so we are going to practice being kind today. And so we have some chairs up here, and we have some special people that are going to come sit in these chairs. And, yeah. <laughs> and not who I was thinking, but um, we'll, we'll work it out. <laughs> so who knows what month it is? October. It's October. What, what is special about the month of October? Pastor Appreciation. It's Pastor Appreciation. And because I'm kind of OCD, I want these in the center. <laughs> so guess who these special chairs are for? <laughs> so we need Pastor Fred and Becky. You guys can either, Fred can sit and Becky can sit on his lap or one person can stand behind you know, whatever. This is for Sergio and Nancy. And this one is for Pastor Larissa. And we're going to practice being kind. So, but before we get into that, I, you know, I always kind of wonder in the back of my head, what do these guys do all day? I always wonder, do you guys think you have some ideas about what pastors do all day? Okay, I'm going to bring the microphone, and, and let's talk about what pastors do all day. Bring about the Bible. Read the Bible. Who else has an idea what they, what they do during the day? What, what do they do? They, they sing. 
They sing, yeah. Eat food. Eat food? I bet you all eat food. Anybody else have an idea? What does a pastor do? Oh, I know. You don't know? Read the Bible? Yes, pastors do all sorts of things. Now let's talk about, you think they do the dishes? All right, raise your hand if you do the dishes. <laughs> All right. So now, what are we we're talking about kindness, and so I want you to share how our pastors are kind. I think we have some pretty kind pastors. What do they do that's kind for us? Our pastors sing. They sing. Yes, that's definitely more kind than if I sang. Then, then talk about God. They talk about God. Do they talk about Moses? They talk about Moses. Yes, they do. They let us um, have church more and learn about more about God. Yep, they help us to learn about God in church, and I bet the list goes on and on and on. They also made it so we can come here instead of watching it online. Yep, they help make us be able to come here and be up front. They spend time with us. They spend time with us. Does anybody have a story? They help us um, learn how to do stuff. Does anybody have a story that one of these pastors did that was kind? Teach us how to do ASMR. No, ASL. What's ASL? American Sign Language. And which, hmm, which one of these pastors taught you American Sign Language? Mrs. Alyssa. Pastor Larissa. So, all right. Does anybody else have a story about how these pastors were kind that they did? No? Well, we have some kindness that we're going to do. In fact, some kids are going to help. And we have some stuff for you guys. So... Teacher Jennifer's going to, I know, raise your hand if you want to give the pastor something. Make sure you give the right pastor the right thing. And these things were made by the kids. In fact, I'm going to come up here with a microphone so you guys can read to the church family what it says. All right, Pastor Larissa, you get to be the one. For all the wonderful things you do, here's a round of applause and a big, big thank you. <laughs> and their names are on all of their hands. So, kids, in the mom bag, before you go back, I know it's over my five minutes, but what are they going to do, right? <laughs> um, in the mom bag, you have a little kit, and you're going to make a flower. And in the middle of the flower, it says, kindness matters. And you have to cut it out, you have to glue it on there, and then you have to write some things on those petals that you're going to do this week to be kind. So mine, I put, I'm going to help somebody. I'm going to not complain. I'm going to give somebody a hug. I'm going to call a friend. I'm going to feed the cat. And I'm going to say thank you. 
And if you make a flower, there's markers in there, and you decorate it really pretty, in the bottom of this bag is something extra special you'll get after church when you bring me your plate to show me how you're going to be kind this week. And pastors, we appreciate all the kindness that you give to everybody in the church, and we just wouldn't be the same without you. Thank you. All right, get your craft before you go to the seat. Good morning, church. First, let me say uh, thank you very much. That was very sneaky, the way you did that. Very, very sneaky. I like that. Very creative. Uh, I'm, I've asked if I could do the uh, corporate prayer today. I don't normally do this, but I wanted to do it for a couple of reasons. Um, and one of them has to do with the fact that you know, we're li living in very unprecedented times, and there's so much going on, and there's so many things happening. Uh, and one of the big things that are happening right now is that there are actually people uh, that, that may be losing their jobs because of the vaccine mandate. Now, it doesn't matter where you stand on this, either vaccine, vaccine is good or not. That, that, that's not the point. The point is that that there are brothers and sisters in our family, brothers and sisters all over the world right now uh, that are struggling and, and are scared or, or even trying to figure out what the best decision is uh, because uh, they have maybe have worked for an organization for 10, 20, 30 years, and because of the mandate, they can lose their job. And uh, I wanted to pray for them I wanted to pray that, that God protects them, that God guides them, God helps them through this, and that in some special way, um, they, could, uh, uh, they can know that this church loves them. And so, I, I, you know, I hate to embarrass anybody, but, and you don't have to if you don't want to, but if there's anybody in here uh, that m maybe on the verge of losing their job uh, because of the vaccine mandate. Would you stand? Would that be okay? I know there are a few in here and I don't want to miss anybody. I know some of you are standing in your heart. Would the rest of us stand with them? Would you stand with me as we pray?
Father in heaven, Lord, we live in a world that is just constantly changing and slowly just getting more and more uh, ready for Jesus to return. And uh, I guess there's a part of us that should be excited about that. But there's also a large part of us that, that is concerned about how that's going to affect each and every one of us. And Lord, right now, we have brothers and sisters who are hurting, who, who are, some of, some of them are in the midst of trying to make the decision of whether or not to get the vaccine. Some of them feel very strongly that, that they don't want it, and, uh, and, and they're being forced to. And I just want to pray, Lord, that you would be with them, that you would give them wisdom, that you would let them know uh, that you are uh, going to protect them, that you're going to be able to, to, to guide them through this. Lord, maybe, Lord, somehow be with the um, employers, uh, soften their hearts, help them to understand. Uh, uh, Lord, I don't believe anybody should ever be forced uh, to, to be doing anything like this, Lord. Uh, but uh, we live in crazy times. I, 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 uh, I understand how difficult this could be. Lord, I want to just pray that you, you bless uh, these folks that are, that are here. Uh, bless the folks all over this country, Lord, right now that are having to, to make these decisions. Uh, we have firemen and, and policemen, uh, uh, civil service workers that are going to have to make this decision and many of them could end up many of them have already lost their jobs and many of them could end up losing their jobs still and i just want to pray lord that they would feel a sense of protection and love from you and those of 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 the ones that are a part of this church family may they know beyond the shadow of a doubt that we love them and that we are here for them and I want to pray, Lord, that you would bless each and every one of them and bless us. Lord, I know that there are people in this church also that are very, very um, ill. And uh, some of them are on the verge of, of dying. And I just, I just want to pray, Lord, that you be with them, be with their family, bring them comfort. Lord, I cannot wait for all this craziness to be over so that we can go home. Please, Lord, bring healing to us. Bring unity to us. Bring hope and peace in our hearts. This is our prayer. In Jesus' name, amen. Since you're standing, it sounds like a good time to praise and worship our Father in heaven. Stand and join us as we sing.
creation there at the start before the beginning of time with no point of reference you spoke to the dark and fleshed out the wonder of light And as you speak, a hundred billion galaxies are born. In the vapor of your breath, the planets form. If the stars were made to worship, so will I. I can see your heart. Everything you've made Every burning star A signal fire of grace If creation sings your praises So will I So
chased down my heart through all of my failure and pride. And on a hill you created the light of the world, abandoned in darkness to die. you speak a hundred billion failures disappear where you lost your life so I could find it here if you left the grave behind you so will I I can see your heart in could amount to your desire. You're the one who never leaves the one behind. Good morning and happy Sabbath. Hello. Hi, I see people waving. Glad you are here and welcome. Our title for today, for today's sermon, if you've been following along with us, um, we've been going over the fruit of the Spirit. And today we're going to be covering kindness. Kindness within and kindness without. Let's go ahead and start with prayer. Heavenly Father, Lord, I just want to say thank you for today. Thank you for all the ways that you have blessed us. And Lord, I just ask that you would continue to guide us. Please speak through me and guide my words. In your holy name, amen. I remember the day that my mom, that I told my mom that I wanted to be a full-time student. And I remember that same day my mom crushed my dreams and told me I couldn't be one. And I was devastated because I loved school. Also part of the reason why I'm so excited to go to Andrews University, because I love school. And I mean like, I love learning. I love the social atmosphere. I love the activities that come with school, the sports. I just, I love school. You know, everyone has their favorite subjects, right? And... 
According to the uh, Washington State, you need specifically five different subjects to graduate. Now, I'm not talking about electives here, so for those of you who are like, yeah, I love recess. <laughs> no, I'm not talking about that. I'm not talking about electives either, where it's like, mm, I took welding when I was in high school, loved it, absolutely one of the favorite classes I took, but it's not a requirement in order to graduate. So things like English, math, science, history, and foreign languages are the five subjects in which you need to graduate from high school in Washington State. And I just wanted to see from a show of hands what your favorite subject is. You get to pick one. Like I said, there's five. Foreign language, history, science, math, and English. All right, you guys ready? So if your favorite subject is English, raise your hand. Nice, we got some English lovers out there. What about math? Yeah, and a church full of engineers, I'd hope someone loved math. All right, what about science? Yeah, science. Uh, history, got some history lovers out there. And last but not least, foreign language. I know I'd get a couple, yes. So everyone has their favorite subjects, and there's also ones that you disliked the most. I mean, come on. There's subjects out there that you're like, do I have to do that? Well, that was even for me who loves school. I have two favorite subjects, actually. I know I said you could only pick one, but I actually have two. My top two favorite subjects are, what do you think they are? I'm curious. English, history, English and history. One is correct and one is my least favorite. English is one of my favorites. History, I could leave it. English and math are my top two favorite subjects that I learned while I was in school. And I'm told that, oh, if you like math, you'll like science. And if you like English, you'll like history. Nope, not me, split them up. I like English and math. And so when, when Pastor Fred and Pastor Sergio and I started talking about this series, Fruit of the Spirit, I was like, Oh, I'm so excited for this. I'm so excited. And I picked, and I picked kindness. And I was like, yes, we're, we're going to get such like a word study in here because English, like I love word studies in the Bible. And I was so excited, but guess what? <laughs> God took me on a journey and adventure that I was not expecting. I had an idea of like, yeah, this, I'm going to find out so about kindness from this word study. But the word kindness in the Bible is actually a lot more complicated than I expected. Because it's not just one word. You see, there's a ton of different words for the English word kindness, both in the Greek and in the Hebrew. And in order to understand one, you need to understand the other, and each of them are slightly different, but they also mean this one word called kindness, but then kindness always doesn't mean kindness. It sometimes over, overlaps, and it, it gets confusing. And so if you look at the word kindness in the Bible, there are times in which the word kindness is also used as goodness, mercy, pity, love, grace, favor, compassion, gentleness, tenderness, 
but it uses the word kindness in other places where it uses goodness in others. And so it, it's, it's not clear. And I was like, you know what? Maybe, maybe the Hebrew will help. It doesn't. If you can tell, I'm not going to sit here and try and pronounce these for you, so you can read them. And then I was like, okay, surely the Greek does. No. No help. No help at all. And so that was a no-go, and I was like, all right, God. I put what I wanted in front of you, and I'm sorry. So what is it that you want to say? You have something you obviously want to say because this is an idea that I had. And so, Lord, I'm going to put this in front of you and let's move. So today, as much as I wanted to go from a kindness, like a word study approach, that's not where God and I journeyed. We're going to be approaching kindness from a story approach, from an understanding of the surroundings around us, and we're going to be brutally honest at times. Sometimes it's going to hit a little close to home, and I'm sorry and not sorry all at the same time. And and there's going to be times that we're going to, I hope, understand each other a little bit more today. So a few weeks ago, we had Mosaic, and for most of you, because I was there speaking, I know you missed it. But we talked about vulnerability, and we talked about um, what vulnerability is. And we talked about uh, a woman by the name of Brene Brown. Brene Brown is a research storyteller, is what she says she is. She's a research storyteller known for her stories on vulnerability and connection. And she's been studying this for well over a decade, almost to two decades. So she is one of the experts in the field when it comes to vulnerability and connection. And she has this amazing TED Talk where she talks about vulnerability. And one of the things that she said that we talked about at Mosaic, she says, when you ask people about love, they'll tell you about heartbreak. When you ask people about belonging, they'll tell you their most excruciating experiences of being excluded. And when you ask people about connection, the stories they told me were about disconnection. So I did a little experiment with my friends and family because I knew I was speaking on kindness. And I would add to this and say that when you ask people about kindness, they recall stories about when some people were unkind to them much sooner than they can recall stories when people We're kind. And we've all had our share of unkind moments, both being given towards us and, unfortunately, ones given by us. I mean, I think it's safe to say that there's no one in this room who has not been unkind. I think that's a pretty safe bet that we've all, at one point or another in our lives, been mean. And I was like, ooh, when you ask people about kindness and they tell you about unkindness like that's pretty intense in the current directions in psychological science a journal by the association for physiological science the boston college psychiatrist elizabeth kensinger and her colleagues did a study 
into a realm about negative experiences. And they made a startling ex discovery connecting negative experiences to memory. Her research showed that whether an event is pleasurable or adversive seems to be the critical determinant of the accuracy in which that event is remembered. So to put it more plainly than that, if there's a negative event, we tend to remember it with greater clarity because it registers in our memory of our brain. Whereas a positive event, people tend to not remember as clearly. That's why maybe something that was really exciting, like a birthday of your child or your spouse or a friend, you're like, yeah, we did this. And they're like, no, we, we didn't. That was a different time. Because we don't connect it well with memory. And so because negative emotions trigger our memory, we tend to remember them more accurately than positive events. So negative events are remembered more accurately while positive events are remembered less accurately. It's interesting, right? It was like, oh, <laughs> I, that's a little concerning. <laughs> if we can remember the bad times so clearly and we can't remember the good times as clearly, that makes me a little bit concerned. Because when I think about our church and I think about Christianity in general, and I think about when the world looks at Christians, and they say, well, Christians do this. They're not kind. They can remember very clearly the moment that a so-called Christian was unkind to them and not remember as clearly the times in which they were. I was like, oh, Lord, what are you doing? Like, what are you telling me through this? Like, this is, this is kind of upsetting. I mean, if people remember when Christians were mean, if people remember when the church messed up and are willing to throw stones more readily because they remember it more clearly, if people remember when people weren't there for them, yikes. That scares me. And I think for a, lot of, for a lot of reasons, that's why we remember COVID so clearly right now. Because even though we are only five months away from it being two years, and yes, we are less than half a year away from it. It's a year and a half that we've been through this. We've been walking through this. That's really depressing research. And I was like, okay, so if people remember unkindness more than kindness, then where's the turning point, Lord? I mean, where do we turn this ship around? And I was sitting there, and I kid you not, I remember just thinking, Newton. And I was like, what? <laughs> Newton's third law of motion states, for every reaction, there is an equal and opposite reaction. I'm like, okay, if we have all this negativity that's being remembered, then how do we counterbalance it? Where, where's this turnaround point? And so I went further down the rabbit hole, and we went further into the research, and I found that for every negative experience, you need five positive ones to counteract it. Five positive experiences 
to counteract one negative experience. And maybe that's why the Bible talks about kindness so much. One of the things I found in uh, English, English class in school, English class in school, is that uh, you can't use Wikipedia as a primary source, right? Because it's not. For all those students out there, if you go to the bottom, you'll find all the primary sources. But Wikipedia is a secondary source, which means that they gather all the information and put it into one place. And so uh, whenever I do a sermon, I just like to check out Wikipedia, see what those sources say, and to see if I can find anything new. So I looked up the word kindness, and I looked it up on Wikipedia, and this is what it said. It said, so here, Wikipedia, are you guys ready? It said, kindness is a type of behavior marked by acts of generosity, consideration, or concern for others without expecting praise or reward. I was like, cool, yeah, I can get behind that. Not expecting anything back and just being kind to be kind, yeah. The second sentence said, kindness is a topic of interest in philosophy and religion. I can see that. I mean, we talk about being a kind person. And then the third sentence is the one that caught my eye. It said, kindness is one of the main topics in the Bible. This is on the Wikipedia page. The third sentence in says, kindness is one of the main topics in the Bible. And it's not wrong. I mean, if you look at the Bible and you look through different parts of what it says, the Bible does talk a lot about kindness. I mean, you can't, I know they're really small, so I'm not expecting you to read them. But these are just nine examples of when the word kindness, the English word kindness comes up. It's like in 1 Samuel 20, 14, where it says, show me unfailing kindness, like the Lord's kindness, as long as I live, so that I may not be killed. First Chronicles 19.2 says, David thought, I will show kindness to Hanan, son of Nashash, because his father showed kindness to me. Acts 28.2, the islanders showed us unusual kindness. They built a fire and welcomed us, all because it was raining and cold. Colossians 3.12, therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly love, clothe, your, clothe yourself with compassion Kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Proverbs 16, 23 through 24. From a wise mind comes wise speech, and the words of the wise are pervasive. Persuasive, excuse me. Kind words are like honey, sweet to the soul and healthy for the body. Proverbs 21, 21. Whoever pursues righteousness and kindness will find life, righteousness, and honor. Proverbs eleven seventeen. A man who is kind benefits himself, but a cruel man hurts himself. That one I was like, ooh. <laughs> okay, a kind man benefits himself, but a cruel man hurts himself. 1 Corinthians 13.4, love is patient and kind. Love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant. Ephesians 4.32, be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. So if kindness is a main topic of the Bible, there has to be a reason. It has to 
Maybe God understands how easy it is when sin enters into the picture for us to be unkind. I mean, if kindness is such a hot topic, then there has to be something more to it, right? So what is kindness? Well, I can name on many, many fingers the ways in which people were kind to me this week. I can tell you about the people who texted me just to say, hey, I know you're preaching this week and I want you to know that you were covered in prayer. I can tell you about uh, Bailey who came to my house because I burned myself last week. The blister popped and I couldn't cut off the dead skin because that's just gross. And I'm literally shaking and crying and Bailey comes over to put a Band-Aid on my wound. That was kindness to me. I can tell you about the person who checked in on my animals when I was taking longer in an appointment than I thought I was going to. I could tell you so many people who did kind acts for me just this week. If the Bible talks about kindness and it's part of the spirit, I need to know what it looks like. I need to know more of what it looks like. According to the dictionary, it is the quality of being friendly, generous, and considerate, all at the same time. And I just want to say there's a difference between being nice and being kind. Being nice is being pleasant. Being kind is being generous and considerate. And that's a big difference. Being nice is not telling your friend that, that joke they made was kind of inappropriate and it really made you uncomfortable because you don't want to make them uncomfortable. Being kind is telling your friend, hey, that wasn't, that wasn't a very nice joke. That didn't make me feel good. Being kind doesn't always be, mean being silent. Being kind means doing it in such a way that both parties walk away from it in a positive experience. Justin Clark is the co-founder of the Honey Foundation, which is a charitable organization that is dedicated to kindness. And a few years ago, he was invited by a charter school to one of their, um, it was their readathon. And so he came and he had about I think he said uh, 63rd graders. And he decided for the readathon for his section that he was going to talk about kindness. And so he asked the third graders, he said, Give me some random examples of kindness. And the third graders whipped their hands up. And he called on the first child and he said, Don't hit anyone. And Justin was kind of taken aback because. He didn't seem per, not performing a bad act as a good one. He says, I don't see value in someone choosing not to be bad. In my mind, you have to choose to be good. But I thank the boy for his answer anyway. And so he asked the next student and the next student and the next student. And they said, don't steal from this person. Don't be mean to the teacher. And it was, again... Don't do something. 
And he was stunned, and he thanked the kids for their responses, and, and he pulled out the book that he had brought to read for the readathon, which was Pay It Forward by Catherine Ryan Hyde. He brought the book because he felt that the explanations of kindness were something that the third graders could get behind, that it would help them understand how one ripple of kindness could spread on to others, both near and far. And it talked about things that you could do for your family, for your friends, for your community. Something that was helpful, a helpful hand, a nice gesture, a smile. And in his mind, Justin says, the simplest acts of kindness help us remember one primary importance of this life. Learning how to love others as much as we love ourselves. So when he turned around and he asked them again if they could give examples of random kindness, these third graders responded much differently. They said, sharpen pencils for our teacher. Pick up the trash around school. Open the door for my friends. Share my snacks with my brother. Call my grandma and say hello. And these were ex examples that third graders gave on how to be kind. And I was like, "Ooh, I need a lesson from these third graders. Because I think that they bring up a good point. It's the little things that can make a huge difference. In the weeks that followed, Justin received a lot of letters from the third graders telling him of the different random acts of kindness that they had done. I shared the last cookies with my siblings, even though I didn't get any. I took out the garbage and cleaned my room without being asked. I let my brother play video games on my console on a long car ride. I promise not to bully anyone at school anymore. The habit of kindness was born. Kindness is not easy. It's not something we automatically feel like doing. I mean, we're sinful. We're selfish. And kindness requires us to set aside ourselves and to think about someone else. It requires us to do so when we're tired, when we're grumpy, when we're stressed, when we're not feeling good. And it's a habit that we form. Kindness needs to happen both within ourselves, being kind to ourselves, and without being kind to those around us. I mean, I guess that's why it's called a random act of kindness, right? It takes action. It requires you to do something about it. It's not just something you can have and hold. But part of kindness, when it comes from the Spirit, is that you have to give it away. You get to give it away. Like, it's not just something you get to hang on and be like, yeah, I'm so kind to myself, like, that's all I need. No, like, you get to give away kindness, too. You get to give it away. John Gottman and his fellow researchers found that kindness was an important predictor of satisfaction and stability in a marriage. Kindness is an important factor and predictor of satisfaction and stability in a marriage. Simply by being kind, couples were more likely to stay together than they were not. 
John Gottman did a follow-up study in 1990 where he gathered a bunch of couples together. And he saw how they interacted together. And he found that partners would make requests for connection throughout the day. He called this bids. So they would make a bid during the day. For example, to understand this concept, um, he mentioned that a bird enthusiast, bird enthusiast for a husband would point out a goldfinch out the window to his wife and say, look at that beautiful thing. Look at that beautiful thing. By pointing it out, he was requesting a response from his wife, a sign of support or interest, hoping to connect momentarily over the bird. And as Gottman says, the wife has one of two choices. She can either decide to turn toward or turn away. These are the options for connection. And Gottman describes turning towards someone as engaging with them in kindness. And turning away from them would be something like, I'm, can't you see I'm reading? Turning away from them. And though the bird bid may seem minor, even though it's kind of a silly example, you could say, it gives way to the health of the relationship. Gottman found that when the husband thought it was important enough to mention, the question was whether or not the spouse would recognize that and respect it. So over this period of time, he found that if couples turned toward each other in kindness, 87% of the time or more, that they were more likely to be together in six years down the road. If a couple turned away from each other, 66% or 86%, excuse me, 86% or less, almost without fail in six years, they were no longer together. 87% of the time is like 10 times out of the day. Eight out of 10 times a day, responding to a connection that someone has asked. Hey, look at this. And I know if you have kids, that's a lot. <laughs> but think about it. If we can walk towards each other with kindness and we can tur turn towards each other, we can stick together, not just in your marriage, not just in a friendship, not just between two siblings, but as a church. As a church, we have a responsibility to turn towards each other, to be kind to one another. And we can end up staying together in the end. And when there's these requests for connection, the only option or the only question is, if another church member thought it was important to mention it to you, to ask you for that connection, do you recognize and respect that and turn towards them? The question isn't, are we doing enough? It's not, are we having enough things? Because there's always more to be done. The question isn't, what else can we do? The question is, are we recognizing and respecting what we are doing right now? Are we turning towards each other? 
Are we walking with each other 87% or more of the time? Or are we turning away from each other? Will we be together six years down the road? Oh, Lord, I hope so. Will we be together 100 years, 50 years? I don't know. Pick a number. If we can be kind and turn towards each other, if we can step into a space where kindness is an action and it's something that we make it a habit of doing, that when people walk through our doors, they say, I love Richland. They're so kind there. I want to be there because they have something that's different. It's gonna be hard and it is hard. It's not our natural tendency. But church, I want us together in six years. I want us together in a hundred years. I want us together till Jesus comes. I want us to be different. I wanna be changed so that kindness is my mantra, that it's the thing I go to always, that I turn towards it. I want the world to see that there's something different about Christians, about Seventh-day Adventists, about you and me, that there's something so different that they can't help but want to be a part of it. So what do you say, church? Can we be kind? Do you think we can do it? Let's do it. And let's be different.
God bless you and keep you and make his face to shine upon you and give you peace this week. Go in peace. Amen.